Good day. Want to say hello to uh, everybody in Buffalo and Atlanta. And of course, welcome to the spotlight. I've got a very special guest on hand with me this morning. And uh, this gentleman has been a part of our lives for decades. He is the man who uh, played the bass lines for songs like Joy and Pain, Happy Feelings, Golden Time of Day, Back in Stride Again, and many more. Want to welcome Robert Dewey. Do Robert. Robin? Hey. How you doing yeah. this morning? I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry great, to wake man. you. I'm great. Just, just waking up. You know, it's early here on the West Coast, but uh, how y'all doing out there? We are well. We don't have your kind of weather, but we're we doing well. I, I got <laughs> to tell you, I don't very often hear bass players go very seriously lyrically, not even in jazz. Uh, and so this is going to be a special trip for me. Because uh, I'm a huge bass fan, huge bass fan. Right on, right on. Um, but let me let me get right to the point. Um, how did you become a, a member of Frankie Beverly and Mays originally? Oh, originally, well, that goes way back to um, well before I was in college. Uh, I was playing with this local band, you know, a band called Soul Messengers, and we were one of like, two or three bands that backed the people that came to town, like. Uh, for example, we played behind um, Rudy Ray Moore and, uh, um, man, I'm just having a brain fart right now. Um, a lot of people that came to town, um, um, boy, I'm just... <laughs> Which <laughs> coast? Coffee. Was this in Los <laughs> anyway, Angeles or, or San anyway, Francisco? Frank and them, they came to town and, and they were, they had, I think they they did all they could on the, on the East Coast in Philly without actually being signed to a record label. They didn't want to go to Philly International, so they came out this way where all the bands were. And uh, I met them. A couple of a couple of guys in the band came to my house through a mutual friend, and I went and checked them out at a club. And I love what they're doing, but because they were doing all originals, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And um, I love the energy. Uh, the bass player had some problems, so he had to go back to Philly. So I stepped right in. I mean, at that time, they're all living in a one-room uh, apartment over there in Berkeley, and the bus had broke down, and a couple of the guys in the crew were on the bus. So, you know, it was it was paying dues time. So I, I joined the band, and and that band was called uh, Raw Soul. Okay. Yeah, and we played around here, man. We did, we did all the clubs around it that we could because we were doing original so we couldn't do the clubs that I was used to playing in because I was at that time playing top 40 so it was, it was fun doing a different set and we finally landed this one gig in San Francisco at this club called The Scene and to make a long story short that's where uh, one of the patrons was Jan Gay sister who was okay. cast uh, Jan was married to Marvin Oh, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, Cass got jammed. I talked to Marvin. Marvin came down to check us out, fell in love with us, and uh, he just kind of helped us catapult our career, helped us finish recording the first album, and took us out on tour with him. And But Marvin said, y'all got to change that name. It's Ross, <laughs> Ross Hall ain't it. So we kicked some names around, and I think the Rome, the Kunga player, came up with Maze. So that's how, how that story went. Now, you know, you played with the band for over 45 years. You've, you've been doing a lot of things, but you also have uh, a solo career going on that is an amazing situation. Tell us about that. Yeah, I left the band in 03, 
I had some physical problems. Actually, I'm a cancer survivor. I was uh, stage three lymphoma. So uh, I, I, uh, that was rough, but I got through it. God had more for me to do, so it wasn't my time yet. So I got through that, and I put out my first CD in 03, which was called Do It Dewey. And that CD was just kind of, just when you just let it all out, I mean, it was over all over the place. It wasn't really in one direction. And then I put out another CD in 09 called Life. Life was kind of, I was trying to tell the story of, of how I had cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, life gets in the way sometimes. And, and now I'm releasing my third CD, which is called The Journey. Now that's going to be coming out in 2023, correct? Yeah, the journey is actually out now. Yeah, it's out, and and we uh, we put out a first single, which was cruising. Cruising actually came off my first CD because I didn't think it had enough, uh, didn't get enough play. So then we came back with the second single, which is "I Want You," which is uh, kind of dedicated to Marvin Gaye. I did a, a cover on his song "I Want You." Now that's interesting because a lot of people are doing covers, um, and there are services, I suppose, to try and do covers. But they don't have what I call the soul in them. They are bland, as a matter of fact. I've heard Isley Brothers covers. I've heard uh, Earth, Wind & Fire covers. They are bland compared to the original. But your version of I Want You is a little different. And I think maybe it's because you're leaving it on a bass. Um, Yeah, yeah. And did you get that kind of reaction from other people when they first heard it? Yeah, people seem to love that song. I, mean, I, I know it's a song that a lot of people like, you know, anyway. I mean, that was one of my favorite Marvin Gaye songs. But my band is a little it's, it's, it's a little unique. We have two bass players in my band, and I play uh, which I call a tenor bass, which is tuned a little higher than a normal bass. It's kind of, I'm sitting kind of right in between the upper register of a bass and the lower register of a guitar. I call okay. it a tenor bass. And I'm playing, uh, I'm playing, I don't have a guitar player in my band because I'm kind of covering that area. And we have two bass players. And so, um, yeah, I'm playing all the melodies and soloing and, uh, and, and it's a different look, you know? It's a definitely a different sound because I was sitting there trying to figure it out. Uh, I've heard people, I, you know, we've had a lot of bass players come through Buffalo. Buster Williams was just here. I was always a big fan oh, of Ron yeah. Carter's, Stanley Clark's, and uh, yeah. Charnay Moffitt who was probably one of the first lyrical bass player I ever paid a lot of attention to. And that's what I was expecting, that that tone. When I heard I Want You, I said, well, yeah, he, he sounded like he's almost playing guitar. Is that a bass? <laughs> <laughs> well, you named the heavyweights, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but I'm doing something, and I've always played, you know, melodically. I've never a lot of bass players play real rhythmically. I'm more of a melodic bass player, so which played right into what I'm doing now, you know. Now, when you say melodically opposed to rhythm rhythmically, then we can actually sit there and listen to the bass line, and that can create possibly a different song or uh, a shadow to the current song we're hearing. Yeah, well, you know, it's just like, you know. Um, it, well, you kind of said it like a guitar, you know, I mean, guitar players play melodically, like a horn player, you know, I, I mean, I've, my training is I've like started off playing trumpet and French horn when I was like, you know, a little kid in high school. Mm-hmm. And I played in uh, stage bands, I played in orchestras, I played in a lot of different situations. Matter of fact, my first gig was when I was in, what, sixth grade, we went to, I played in the honor orchestra and we actually played at the New York's World Fair. 
So that that was actually my first gig. You know, we got on an airplane and flew to New York. In <laughs> and, the sixth grade? And, and, yeah, in the sixth grade, man. It was fun. <laughs> you know, so. And I discovered the bass uh, kind of around that time, around in seventh, eighth grade. And uh, I just was self-taught, you know, and uh, it just, you know, from it just took me from one gig to another gig. I was playing in clubs a little early in life before I should have been, you know. But well, tell me, when we, at what point since you get since you mentioned that, um, when did you decide to go professional? Uh, you know, it just happens. You know, you get gigs, and all of a sudden you 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 find yourself in the club, and next thing you know, you find you're getting paid. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So. Um, oh, I, I remember that name now. This is the name people remember. We played behind Eddie James. You know, okay. she was one of the people we played behind a lot. You know, I mean, that's how my brain works. <laughs> Five minutes later, I'll come Fine. up with the name. But, you know, as soon as you start getting paid for what you do, you know, you have to classify yourself as uh, somewhat professional, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, landing that maze gig was... Uh, was dues paying and it was and, and there's always luck you know involved when you when you get into a situation like that but it wasn't easy man we we paid a lot of dues we did we played up and down this bay area we traveled around in the classic you know classic capris all over the state you know <laughs> and the reason why we had such a, a great following is that we were we were everywhere we were in the parks we were in the clubs we were in the streets hanging out, you know, which is why, you know, the the foundation of Maze is really solid, which is why Frank can still do his thing now, you know, because we laid such a great foundation, you know. Well, you were able to do something. Digging, you know? Yeah, he is. Uh, to his credit, he still is a huge draw. But you were doing something that I don't think a lot of bands get a chance to do. That is to hang out and feel the vibe of, of the people. You know, yeah. and and that is something that is really special because that can change over a period of time, and you've got yeah, to you change know, with wanna, it. Yeah, people want to. People, I mean, what they're doing with me now, uh, they they got me on this social media thing, and I've never been a Instagram <laughs> or a TikTok type of person. <laughs> but that's kind of where it is now. You know what I mean? So you, so people want to know. People want to get inside your life and see what's going on, see how you tick. Mm-hmm. And and I understand that it's a curiosity thing, you know, but 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 the, but the, they're your fans, so you know you you try and appease what you got to do, and and, and 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 but all it, all of this is love. It's straight up love, man. I'm coming and going, you know. Now, ladies and gentlemen, in case you're wondering what we're talking about, we're talking to Robin Dewey, who is uh, the former bass player for the Frankie Beverly and Mays legendary bands. Now really onto his solo career brand new CD out right now you can get it on all platforms The Journey and a new smooth jazz single it's entitled I Want You which we're going to be playing in just a few minutes Um, question for you that I have and I ask a lot of people this this is not serious what was your favorite snack on the road well my favorite snack yeah Well, you know, it all depends where I was, you know what I mean? It, different parts of the country offered different things, you know. Okay. Um, and back in those days, I was trying to be healthy as I could. I was working out, lifting weights, playing. Matter of fact, I have two rebuilt hips mm. and bad shoulder because I just played so much ball and sports and stuff. I remember Philip Yu used to call me, uh, what do you call me? Game Boy. You know, they used to have a game out, like yeah. I think Nintendo and things. So I was that guy. But um, 
Wow, that's a hard one, man. I guess I like nuts. You know, I'm a nut guy. Okay. And and yeah. and now this is as a musician and an adult. Now, when you were a kid, what was your favorite snack? Oh, when I was a kid, I was a, I guess a candy guy. I used to like the the uh, anything caramelly and chewy. You know. Ah, oh, yeah. That that that's a lot of categories. Uh, where do you see where do you see this CD going? Where would you like to see this CD go? And where do you see yourself in maybe the next twelve months? I, you know, what, what I'm trying to do is trying to get back in that mix, man. I've been kind of out of it for a minute. I would really like to get back to the not the big big stage like the stadium, but you know, back in the, the, the maybe the theaters and something like that because the sound is much better. But just kind of you know, and I hate this word. I'm I hate this word smooth jazz because it just kind of what you said earlier about being bland and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a certain format to to that that people expect smooth jazz artists to be a lot of cover songs, uh, turn the drums down, make everything all kind of condensed but that's not kind of what I'm, I want to do I just want to let the, the frequencies ring and rain and but but I want to get on that circuit you know what I mean I, I, just, I would like to get on that that circuit that Dave Cause and Boney James okay. I hear you you know Wayman Tisdale was on there before he passed exactly he, um, was, he was on that jazz circuit so but my music is kind of in between smooth jazz and R and B. You know what I mean? I got a lot of lot of that R and B in my music. You well, you you gonna get a lot of people to listen because of both. You know the, yeah, the, the way you yeah, present it. I got a song. It. The song "Life Gets in the Way" is really a real nice. But it's more R and B, and I got a song called "Real Deal" that's on my first album. And so you know, and those are vocal songs. You know, where okay. I might be playing a bass solo or something, but they're so I'm, I'm just trying to stretch stretch it out a little bit and not really just stay in one lane, you know. Kind of like, you know, my favorite artist is, is like George Duke and Stanley Clark. Okay. So, and, and and I really love what they do, what George did. He kind of combined both worlds, you know. Yes, he R&B, did. R&B, smooth jazz, and church, and you know. He was able to do that in a way that I don't think anybody has in the past, and it's going to take a little bit of difficulty because George was a consummate artist. It was very good technically. Yeah. He could feel the funk. And as you said, he would go from jazz uh, to traditional jazz to fusion. And before you know it, he's also playing gospel. He's on a Kirk Willem yeah. thing that he did in Maryland. So uh, Robin Dewey, ladies and gentlemen, from uh, his latest CD, The Journey. We've been talking with Robin. Where can we pick this up? Uh, it's all on all these formats. You know, we haven't actually printed up any actual CDs yet. That's the next thing to come. But it's out digitally, so you can get it wherever you get your music, uh, iTunes, Spotify. Or, you know, it's all on all digital formats. So, I appreciate the conversation, and we will be listening to I Want You. Great, great. You guys take care, man, and, and thanks for the love, man. appreciate it. <laughs>